Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. And we say good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this week ahead of us. And we step into this week in faith, knowing that you go with us and you go before us, flattening the ground, breaking down every bronze gate that is shut, cutting down every iron bar and sunder. And you pour your wisdom and you open up our understanding so that we are able to navigate every challenge that lies ahead. Using your wisdom, using your ways, not ours that are limited. We thank you, Father, that you open our eyes in the spirit to see truth and also to discern. We thank you, Lord, for that gift of your word, which is our mirror for discernment. And we thank you, Father, that you call us to commune with you every single day so that we can spend that time with you in your secret place. And you who see all that is done in secret, reward those that trust in you openly. We thank you, Father, that you call each of these to be with you. We thank you for the peace and joy that you pour into our hearts. And we share that peace and joy today, Lord, with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and praying family. We share it with Christians everywhere that do not yet know you, with all those that do not want to know you. We share it with all those that we are lifting up in our place of prayer today, at our altar. And with all those that have no one to pray for them. As we offer our faith to stand in that gap, Lord, so that you can bless those that are limited, that are marginalized, with your grace, with your mercy. We thank you, Father. And as we lift all of these up in our prayer, Lord, this morning, we call on your name, the name of our maker, the name of our creator, the great I am, the lifter of men, our refuge and our portion in the land of the living, the strength of our salvation, who has covered our head in the day of battle, the one who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, the ancient of days. And we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. The one who taught us faith, the one who taught us to pray. It is his goodness that is coming, running after us every single day. It is through him that we learn to love. Today we reflect on what he expects in that love. It is he who is the cornerstone, the foundation of our Christian experience. And it is he who leads us in the day of battle. It is he, the word himself, who came down from heaven to be manifest as bread for us, our daily bread. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of truth, the father of all spirits, the seal of the age to come. 
the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, our standby, our teacher, our friend. The one who always convicts but will never condemn. The one who is here comes down to our level just to lift us up. The breath of the Father given to us. The one who reveals the deep and secret things. The one who changes the times and seasons. The one who hovers over every situation that is void and formless. And at the spoken word of the Father. It is this hand that brings about creation into existence. It is through him that we are strengthened in the day of battle. It is through his presence that we are able to achieve victory standing on the finished works of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with the gift of your word and your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us with the gift of prayer, with the gift of angels and destiny help us. We thank you, Lord, that you provide all our needs in accordance with your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And you are also able to make every grace abound towards us. You have provided us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies that we need in order to step and walk in that abundance, that we need in order to stand in the day of battle. You give us all that we need to know and you give us everything that we will use in that war. You also lead us into that battle, Jesus. We thank you. And as we make our prayer and our reflection this morning, I cover and seal every word we speak, every prayer we make, as well as every member of every family that is part of this prayer group by the precious blood of Jesus, the blood of the new and eternal covenant. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your holy, pure and perfect will, Lord, for each of these lives. We call the angel of the Lord to encamp about each of us to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, injury, pilfering, theft, hijacking, terrorism, any kind of natural disasters and spiritual attacks. We command that angelic protection and I declare divine exemption by the blood and in the name of Jesus. We also herald the power in our spoken word. That sword that comes out of our mouth. By proclaiming your word from Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. That says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. With that same surety is my word that goes out of my mouth this day. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And I sent it in faith in the name of Jesus. It shall not tarry, but fulfill in completion. Every word I speak. Thank you, Lord, for the power of life on our tongue. And thank you for the discernment to choose life. As we read through John chapter 14, we will notice that Jesus poses the question to his disciples about them loving him. He says, if you love me, then you will do this. 
So he has expectations. And the question for us, along with the disciples there, is how should we love Jesus? What are his expectations of a believer? We take a closer look there. In John 14, verse 15, he says, If you love me, keep my commands. That is, obey all that I have commanded you. And then in the next verse, he goes on to say that he would in turn ask the Father to give believers another advocate to support their cause. Now, when he expects us to do this, to keep the commands, he himself does it too. In John 14, verse 24, as you keep reading further down, you reach verse 24, there you see him say, These words you hear are not mine. They belong to the Father who sent me. And then at the end of that passage in verse 31, the last verse in the chapter, he talks about him loving the Father and doing exactly what the Father has commanded him. The Bible tells us that he was obedient even unto death, death on the cross. And so God exalted his name above every other name. That obedience was out of love, not out of compulsion, out of love and out of respect. He expects that obedience from us too, out of love and out of respect. So if you love me, you will keep my commands. Not if you fear me or if you fear punishment, then you will keep my commands. What else does he expect? We see again in John 14, verse 23, he says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. And my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So following his teachings attracts their attention, and they say, we will come to live with you. We come into your house. Now, the key among his teachings are his summation of the Ten Commandments, which he summed up into two, where he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second one was, Love your neighbor as yourself. So if you were to look at these together, John 14, verse 23, it says, if you love me, you will obey my teachings. Essentially, you will love God and you will love your neighbor. That's how you would show that you love me. In John 13, verse 36, 37, Jesus said, By this shall everyone know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, if you have love for one another. So that is a mark of discipleship, of his discipleship. 
which is pretty much close to the second main commandment where he gave, love your neighbor as yourself. He expects us to do this at all times. In loving God, we show reverence, we worship, and we commune with him in the secret place. And in loving our neighbor, we are kind, compassionate, honest, humble, fair. He expects us to love like he loved. He gave his life for others to be free. That was his kind of love. Which we often call as agape love. So we love like him because he first loved. Now as a believer stays with him and he becomes a disciple. And Jesus has one more expectation of such a disciple. In John 21, verse 16, 17, you see Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He probably posed that question to you as well. And when Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I do. He said, take care of my sheep. And in verse 17, he said, feed my sheep. He asked him three times. So another form of that love, another way of loving him is service to God, serving and fulfilling his purposes and his ministries. And in that service, you again demonstrate love for your neighbor. You do it out of love. His priority becomes your priority. More often than not, the way to serve God is by serving others. It's out of empathy. Out of love. So when you love Jesus, the only thing that matters is, how do I please him? There is a genuine concern of not wanting to do anything that will hurt him. Or anything that will go against the instructions that he gives, causing disobedience. Your interests, your priorities, your affections are all targeted to him. He becomes the first thing that you think of. And as that love increases, then the priority keeps on going up the ladder until it reaches the number one spot. A good way of testing our own love for him is looking at where does he sit, doing an honest assessment of ourselves. Where does he sit in that ladder of priority? When I have conflicting situations between choosing what Jesus would want me to do and choosing what I in the flesh want, which one am I inclining to? Given the choice of reading the Bible or watching television, which one am I inclined to? It shows you where your love is. You have multiple different situations during your day where you are thinking either this or that. If there is no conflict, it's only one, then there is no comparison to be done there. But essentially, it has to be out of love, not out of guilt. And as your interests, your priorities, your affections start getting targeted towards him, as the love for him keeps growing, we take on his image and his likeness till we reach the realm of Galatians 2.20. 
where you say, I have been crucified with Christ. So all those things that the flesh was interested in are nailed onto that cross. What is left in me is what I have learned from him. Where he can honestly answer all the questions every time he says, if you love me. My fleshly nature is going out the window and is being replaced by his nature in the spirit. Where we start to hate the things that we once enjoyed. Now, involuntarily, you start to be attracted towards the things of the spirit, not of the flesh. Then you know that there is a shift taking place within you. Then you can say, as Galatians 2.20 says, and it is a process. It doesn't happen in a day. It is no longer I of the flesh, but my Christ in the spirit who lives in and through me. And that is when that love becomes perfect. When we reach that stage. When nothing of the flesh continues to bring doubt or fear. There is a trust that comes out of that love. There is an understanding that comes from knowing that he is faithful. We need to strive for that kind of love. And we may fall many times on the way in our pursuit of achieving and reaching that stage of Galatians 2.20. But as part of our journey, we need to continually ask for that grace. To Father, we ask for that grace every single day. So that even as though even though we continue to make mistakes, we do not give up on that pursuit. Our eye is still on that prize of Galatians 2.20. To love like he loved, to reach a stage where our nature becomes an exact replica of his. It is a big task. But Lord, with your help in the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, and through your grace that you continually pour onto us, and through your mercy where you forgive us every single day for the little mistakes when we realize that they are our mistakes, that realization itself brings us one step ahead. We ask for that constant edification in our spirit every day, Lord. So that through our Christian experience, we keep on rising into your light. And then just as Jesus said, in John 13, verse 36, 37, they shall know you are Christians they shall know you are my disciples by your love. We ask for that constant edification in our spirit today, Lord. And as we pray for spiritual edification, we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs, those of our families and our friends. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of sickness and disease that are hospitalized, will undergo any kind of procedures this day and this week ahead, Lord. We lift them up in our place of prayer. We cover them by the blood of Jesus. For it is by his stripes 
and his wounds that they were already healed. In the spirit it is already done. We claim that manifestation, that miracle in the flesh and we bless and cover everyone that will attend to them during that process, Father. In the name of Jesus. We pray for all families that are embattled, that are facing division and separation. What you have joined together, Lord, let no man and no spirit divide. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives. Especially that of prayerlessness, busyness, ignorance of your ways which you give us through your word. And limitations of poverty. Strongholds of poverty. Also, we pray against all those that are battling all kinds of addictions, that are battling mental disorders, any kind of compulsive behaviors. We come against all of these by the precious blood of Jesus. By that blood of the new and eternal covenant, we declare every altar that backs these be crushed in the name of Jesus. Every spiritual entity, demonic entity that stands to enforce these over the lives of those whom you have called Father. Let every such yoke of the enemy, every such chain be broken in the name and by the blood of Jesus. Let there be a release today. And draw them near, Father, to you. That they are able to see that this was the finger of God over their lives. And out of their will, they are able to give their hearts to you. Unto the gift of salvation. We pray for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends. Especially those that are not yet saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. As we release our faith and our prayer, making this a prayer of agreement with each other in the spirit, we believe that we have received, Lord. We believe that this prayer is an answered prayer in the name of Jesus. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit using the gift of tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for that gift, release your tongue and your faith. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Let us now make our prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Kunda <laughs> <laughs> 
Barro sente che ti Sanda <laughs> Kunapapa <laughs> 
In the mighty and all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Scripture that's been put on my heart today is from Jeremiah 1, verses 9 and 10. Then the Lord put, for, put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to over, overthrow to build and to plant. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have a scripture shared in the chat. This is from 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8, quoted from the Amplified Bible, which talks about God is love. And it is written there, Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another. For love is from God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. The one who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not, does not and never did know him. For God is love. He is the originator of love and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. The second scripture is from Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, quoted from the NIV, which talks about a living sacrifice. And it is written there, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you are being blessed by these morning encounters, Brother Savio's daily reflections, our daily divine mercy and the rosary sessions, as well as the Friday Bible teaching sessions, please share links for Zoom and YouTube with friends and family, invite them to join. Let them receive of that same blessing. Alternatively, you can also point them to recordings. If they can't make the live sessions, the recordings are stored on YouTube, on our Spotify podcast page, also posted on our Facebook page. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his favor that comes out of his jealous love for us, chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that as we are blessed, it does in turn go out and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful day and a great week ahead, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank, Thank you, Russell. Russell. Thank you. Thank you.